Hello everyone and welcome again to Must See Matches. I am Kieran Laforte and of course it wouldn't be Must See Matches without Mark Buckledy. Mark, how's it going? Um, good, thanks. Excellent news. This week it's back to WWE for Eddie Guerrero versus John Bradshaw Layfield from Judgment Day, May 16th, 2004. And with us this week we have a veteran of the UK wrestling scene. Yes, friends, an actual wrestler who wrestles. It's Shady Natras. Shady, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Pleasure to be on, yeah. It's all, all good on, uh, on my side, thanks. Tremendous. Before we get started on the match, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, actually. So, like, at what, like, when did you get into watching wrestling? What made you a wrestling fan? And then what made you become a wrestler out of that? Um, it was, I've been a fan since around 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably the original, like, 90, early 90s WCW where it was on my TV. That, I thought uh, for all the world you were going to say it was 91, it was going to be WWF and Ultimate Warrior, but 1991 WCW. Yeah. And like, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a weird wrestling fan because even as a, as a kid, which 91 had to be um, nine. Mm. Um, in fact, I'd have been eight. Um, I actually wasn't into the over the top characters as much as the good wrestlers, which I don't really understand how I kind of got it right away. That's and, so um, funny. That's so similar. That's so similar to like me coming up in wrestling. So I started watching World of Sport and then I got WCW and I was way more interested in people who could actually wrestle than giant cartoon characters who just punched each other. Yeah. Like the mm. whole evening, and I was, I was actually discussing it with somebody the other day. Um, mm. and the whole wrestling's fake thing never, it, like it was never an issue. Yeah, like mm. I didn't even question whether it was real or not because I was enjoying it. Mm. <laughs> it so it's it just entertaining, yeah. It didn't matter. Mm. Um, and like when when I moved on to like watching WWE or WWF, uh, like the likes of the Rockers and Mr. Perfect, it was like the likes of them, I couldn't keep my eyes off them. It was just, yeah, mm. wrestling all the way. Mm. And then I've got, um, I've got three brothers and... That's pretty much how we got started. You can always trash the house so much before you, you think you should maybe try and actually learn. <laughs> and am I right in thinking you all became wrestlers in one form or another? Uh, we've all we've all wrestled. Um, mm. My my niece has been a valet. Mm. Um, my mum's done pretty much every job that she could have done without getting in the ring. Um, <laughs> uh, my my sister in law wrestles. Um yeah, we've my, my girlfriend sold sold merch, she's designed t shirts, she's done all of my work for me. <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's always been like a family thing for us. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get away from now. <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, your mum would have to be supportive if she's got four boys like all wrestling each other in the back garden or the living room, and then yeah. all like go into wrestling. That's that's a little, like it's like our own like, a little mini heart family going on. <laughs> yeah, and, like it was funny because when the fighting with my family documentary came out, mm. um, she, she was like, "Yeah, I can relate to the uh, the clothesline being." full of wrestling gear in the back <laughs> <laughs> Wash more spandex and anything else. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad's always been a bit... I never thought my children would be growing up to to, to be discussing uh, shaving the, the backs and doing fit. <laughs> <laughs> and who... So who was it that... Or was there like a particular wrestler you were like, 
I want to be like that guy. Was there anybody you kind of particularly idolized and like thought, well, like, what got you into actually wrestling? Not, not really anybody. I like my, I've always kind of just tried to take bits of what I liked mm. and it was nobody in particular. It was like none, any of the moves that I do, I haven't really been, Oh, well, my favorite wrestler does it. So I should do it. Yeah. It's all just kind of been, Oh, uh, that would fit with me. <laughs> I'll do that. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's all just kind of been, uh, whatever works best for me. It's, wrestling's all just a big blag (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah in many ways it certainly is yeah uh and okay all right last of the personal questions how did you end up with the name shady don't tell me it's on your birth certificate (laughs) so um when when we were started training in 99 um as a as a 16 year old bleach blonde hair to to (laughs) to And it just mm. stuck with that, and uh, it's it, especially now when I'm a heel, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can. Uh, yeah. I'm not getting rid of it now after this long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched some of your matches, and I and I was like, I I hadn't seen you be babyface, and I hadn't seen you win. <laughs> you lost every <laughs> match I watched. <laughs> Nobody wants to see the bad guy win. Of course, that's absolutely yeah. correct. Which is like the crux of the match we're talking about today really yeah absolutely and there's the whole wrestlers having egos about winning and losing uh, it never matters to me because i just want to kind of put on the best match for whatever situation we're in mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if if it made if it made more sense for me to win and we'd get a bigger reaction because maybe it leads to something mm. then then great i'd, I'd win but mm. I've I've argued with the promoter before because I didn't want to win. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling would be a much better place if more people had that attitude. I think the, the funny thing was uh, the promoter who isn't a wrestler was one of the people I was against. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was and the, his argument was you you were wrestlers because it was me and another wrestler against him and I think it was a commentator. Mm. Like there was a, there's a reason why it was mm. just a random match. And my thing was, if if I get pinned by one of these two, that just gives me days worth of work. I'll argue yeah. about that and complain about it all day. Yeah, <laughs> and that just that's how you build characters. You, yeah, you let that's them... more abuse from the children in the front row. That's absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to say I got cheated out of uh, victory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, a good example of that is um, like. Kurt Angle losing the hair versus hair match to Edge. It was like that gave Angle so much extra emphasis, mm. so yeah. much. Yeah, it's it's, it's just yeah. it's it sounds sound stupid, but it's character building. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes that makes total sense. And I'm just finally, while I think about it, so obviously you like this match a lot. Otherwise, you would you're not going to come on here and rip it apart for an hour. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what are some, uh, of your other like favorite matches so we can get like a little bit more fa- flavor of what, what you like, what your tastes are. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put forward my two favorite matches that I've watched live. And that was, um, uh, Yokosuka against, um, Shingo from the first, the first time the work Dragon Gate UK. Okay. 
And yep. that was that was just brutal, and you just couldn't take your eyes away from it. Hmm. And then the second one was uh, WXW show in Germany, and it was Chris Hero and Mike Quackenbush in a best of three falls match. Mm-hmm. And like I, I would never have said I was a big Chris Hero fan. And then I watched that match, and it was like, yeah, that's like at the time that was the best match I'd ever seen live. Hmm. It just Hmm. It had a bit of everything, and yeah, technically it was just mind blowing. So it was, yeah, okay. Was so, uh, so, 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 uh, like a, a good scrap and a good like technical match, yeah. like a two ends of the spectrum, really. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I am. Uh, I do have very broad taste with my with my wrestling. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Look, I'm an unabashed Toriyano fan. As well as loving like Johnny Saint and the, the you know that other end of the spectrum. Did you, out of interest, this bit's going to go on much longer than I expected it to? Did you go to the other two Shingo versus uh, Susumu Yokosuka matches in the UK? Unfortunately, I didn't. Yeah, and um, the third one is one of my favourite matches of all time, and I think it's one of Mark's as well. Yeah, I I would say that's probably one of the two or three best matches I've seen live. The third one. Yeah. Um, and I probably, one of the other ones I probably put up there was when I saw Shingo versus Will Ospreay for the first time mm. in Japan. Um, I don't know, there's just something about Shingo. It's like the first show I was ever at was uh, Shingo was on the card. Mm. First live show I ever attended. Awesome. So uh, we better talk about Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. <laughs> or we'll just end up gnashing about wrestling uh in general for a while um i'm gonna go to mark is this one of the magic ones that you have seen before i'm almost certain i've seen it um, <laughs> i definitely remember the fuss at the time with the the blood i probably wasn't a regular fan at the time because this was mm. when sort of one um when was this may yeah may i was probably I was probably at university around this time, so mm. I wouldn't have had Sky, wouldn't have seen it live. But also it's kind of, I was watching SmackDown, say the SmackDown 6 era and the mm. the uh, the Brock Lesnar era. And I definitely remember the joy of uh, WrestleMania 20. Mm. But um, this era of SmackDown was, it was getting a little bit rough. Uh, as someone who watched the build for this this week, I can confirm that SmackDown was indeed getting a little bit rough because not only were they building up Eddie Guerrero versus JBL, some of the other uh, fun stuff I got to see included uh, the first Mordecai vignettes, Rene Dupree versus Tori Wilson, the first Kenzo Suzuki video, Booker T going to an occult store to find something to help him beat The Undertaker, um, and Charlie Haas vomiting homophobe. So it was uh, it was a bit all over the place. Um, and the bill for this match itself, it's like it's the sort of kind of infamous race baiting angle with um, like JBL as a border patrol guard, like sending Mexicans back to Mexico. And um, they do a thing, at a house show where he puts his hands on uh, Eddie's mum and she pretends to have a heart attack. Um, uh, is I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's building heat on JBL for sure. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll come on to later as to whether that gets efficiently I, paid off or not, I think. I, I don't think the heart attack was needed. Absolutely I not. Think, no. I don't think it added to anything rather than making it a bit hawky. Mm. Yeah. 
And like that segment on SmackDown took up about 15 minutes at the beginning of the show. And it was just like footage from a house show. And like, I don't know. It's like it sort of wasn't important enough to do it on actual TV. And it also was like, I don't know, maybe ticket sales were slow because they, the, it was done like really late in the build. It's done like two weeks before the, before the pay-per-view. And I think they kind of had enough with all the rest of it going into the pay-per-view. I, they were just trying to make JBL the devil, essentially. Um, so. Well, well, you consider it's like, I forgot how soon this match was after they actually turned JBL because Hmm. I mean, looking at it, you had um, like they had lots of injuries going into this. It's like Big Show was injured, Kurt Angle was injured, Brock hmm. Lesnar was gone. It really felt like, oh, we've just done um, you know, we've just done the brand extension. We can't really go back to the Raw guys, but who've we got? So really, it was almost a case of parachuting JBL in, and you can see his hmm. gear in this match. You can tell he's still not that finished article that he would be even a few months later yeah there's also talking about the gear there's also he also has a tv match um against el gran luchador who is uh paul london in a mask pretending to be a mexican champion uh and like his gear is different there he's wearing long black tights with the jbl logo on the back and i think that's the only time they ever appeared on tv um yeah paul Heyman gets caught up in this the dudleys and uh rob van dam and uh Rey mysterio get caught up in this there's actually a really good uh dudleys versus van dam and mysterio match it's supposed to be van dam and eddie but he gets pulled out of the match because he's too unstable after seeing his mum have a heart attack um uh and they do this great match and then he runs in at the end and starts whacking people with chairs and <laughs> Uh, both Dudley's and Nick Patrick do blade jobs. You can see on a taped show, you can see Bubba going to his wrist tape as he as he hits the map. Um, and then because it's on UPN, the same network that shows America's Next Top Model, like you don't get any close-ups of it. It's all wide shots because there's three blokes bleeding in the ring. It's, it's hilarious. And then they put all the close-ups in, the, um, in the recap video. Um, but yeah, poor Nick Patrick doesn't even make air on the TV show. That only appears in the recap the next week. So he did all he did that for nothing. <laughs> Took a chair shot right to the head and and cut himself for nothing. Um, so uh, we should probably talk about the match itself. Um, it's on a show so old. It's presented by PlayStation Two. Which, like, I still think of 2004 as not really being that long ago, but in actual fact, like this show is old enough to vote. It's. <laughs> um, I do love in the recap video uh, the bird sound effect they put on as they zoom in on the eagle on the top of the um, the greatest American trophy. Not even an eagle noise. Um, <laughs> And that was, yeah, that was the start of this angle, like him, JBL being presented with this trophy for being a great American, and then Eddie smashes it up. Um, the other thing I've never understood about Bradshaw or, or John Layfield, JBL, is why did Bradshaw have to be in quotes in the middle of his name? Why couldn't that just have been his middle name? It doesn't make any sense. As if they don't have enough heat, Bradshaw decides to do a pre-match promo. So this is LA, uh, and LA has a huge Hispanic community, uh, particularly when it comes to wrestling. So lots of AAA's biggest shows have done were done in LA. If you think of stuff like um, the When Worlds Collide pay per view from '94, that was LA. Um, so like they do big crowds in LA, and they, it was very clearly like that was what they were playing on, like trying to get 
like trying to fill the building with Hispanic people to cheer on Eddie and and hate JBL. Uh, and I think they did a good job in that respect. But like, I think JBL was going to get booed enough without saying, you know, I'm going to be doing this in English. So feel free to turn to an American near you if you want a translation. The first thing that I kind of got from from the match was you could Eddie as a face. He has so much energy mm. that. Well, it didn't matter if they were in LA or not. People were going to cheer for him. Mm. He's massively over on the TV shows beforehand. And yeah. I know their tapes and I know they can pump it in. But like, if you look at the wide shots with him in the ring, the crowd go nuts for him. And that's not just like in like broadly Hispanic areas. That's all around the country. Like they yeah. got him over. And um, like one of, one of my notes was this was this was probably the first time I've watched an Eddie. Uh, match when he was being champion since I found out with uh, Chavo saying how much pressure Eddie had put on himself. I think he was kind of like that anyway. Like I've heard stories from other people. I've heard like Dave Meltzer tell stories of people like Eddie and those kind of people he was wrestling around uh, this time. Like mm. because they were like having like they were the guys having the good matches on the indie scene and then in WCW and then in WWE. Like they put massive pressure on themselves to keep that standard up. But I think when uh, I think Chavo had said when he was the champion, if the if the the, the gates were down, hmm. he'd he'd take it personally. Yeah, with him being on top, and you could see by how much effort he was putting into this match. And hmm. I think I think one of the things, other things I noticed is um, JBL kind of. I think he. He got a bit lost a couple of times hmm. from a from a performer point of view, and I wonder if that was because because Eddie wrestles like Eddie does. Hmm. Uh, it was maybe not what he was used to. Yeah, he's got to keep up with us uh, with a small, fast guy. Um, yeah. he's as Mark said, like he's still new to this role because, like you know, the previous Bradshaw was the big you know, beer-swilling, clotheslining Texan. And he is still, you know, a big clotheslining Texan, but, like, the character is completely different. Like, the financial analyst character is completely different to, like, that the big sort of, like, Stan Hansen cowboy thing he'd been almost he'd been doing before and the APA stuff and that kind of thing. Like, one of the things I noticed uh, was when JBL was on his first slot of um, offence, he wasn't really doing that many like heel mannerisms. Like he had the time uh, when he was on top, but it kind of felt like he was, wasn't comfortable being this heel. So you could kind of see that. The, the, the bit that stood out for me was the backdrop onto the table. Mm. Because if, if you notice um, when, when JBL had went to grab hold of Eddie, Eddie had kind of threw a kick the same mm. time that JB and it was like a bit of a miscue, but mm. it's wrestling, it, it happens. Um, and I wonder if it was because if anything that JBL was going to be calling in the past would have ended up being a big boot or a clothesline, a, a beat down spot. Mm. When this was kind of a bit bigger and maybe not what he was used to. Yeah, I think but perhaps another thing might be like so. He's, um, let's say, known as being a, like a forthright personality. And I would imagine he's the kind of guy who likes to take charge in the ring. But 
he is in very much in Eddie Guerrero's territory here, despite Eddie being the face. Like Eddie is much more experienced. They are, for lack of a better phrase, in front of Eddie's people. So Eddie knows what is going to work for this audience. And he's just like, perhaps he's having, uh, I don't want to say control issues because that sounds bad, but like he's not used to following in that way. Yeah. The the other thing with the with the start of the match mm. is uh, considering there is the big size difference, Eddie beating down JBL mm. like all around the, the ringside, it was believable. Yeah, yeah, he's like so to JBL's credit, like he's not afraid to show his ass in this match. He is not afraid to get like beaten up by a smaller man because like the whole story is like he's driven this guy to the edge and like. You, you've got kids, right? You've been, like, whacked by a child. Yeah. Like, they hurt more than you think. Like, small humans do hurt when they hit you. And, like, if you've yeah. got a fired-up Eddie Guerrero running at you swinging fists, like, I can completely understand. It doesn't matter how big you are. He's still going to hurt you. He's still going to knock you around. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, as I say, that was it, – it stood out right away because the, the size difference was noticeable, but Eddie was pissed. Yes. Mm, yeah. <laughs> And, and it made sense, and yeah. yeah, I thought the start worked perfectly. Yeah, and, and the way the way that you found out that it worked perfectly was JBL's first put off, mm. or well, first time JBL gets on top, and the crowd changes, mm. and mm. you notice it a lot in this match, the the way that the crowd are, are up and down with the right points when when Eddie's when Eddie wants them behind him, they're behind him when mm. they need to be behind JBL. Uh, against JBL, JBL's doing his job, and mm. it just it from a, from a fan point of view, it's perfect for as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Something that made me laugh was Michael Cole calls Bradshaw unorthodox, <laughs> and like what is unorthodox about a six foot six inch man throwing punches in the clothesline in, in the WWF? Um, he also said the same thing about Rob Van Dam on SmackDown when he did a Hurricane Rana, and I'm failing to see the correlation between these two. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a lot of this is, there's a lot of fighting outside the ring. As you said, like there's the big backdrop onto the announcer table. Um, they do what has become the yay boo strike exchange, but it's 2004. So the crowd just chant for Eddie. That's not a thing yet. Mm. Um, there was a bit, so, uh, they do a rope running spot and Eddie's arm goes the wrong side of the top rope as he hits the ropes. And it seems to throw him off when he's supposed to flip through a backdrop afterwards. And he comes over and kind of like, he lands on his knees and his stomach but they don't redo it. They don't like try to extend it or draw attention to it. That's just like, okay, now he's cut off and JBL's immediately on top of him. And that was, that was another point where I kind of thought there was maybe a bit of miscommunication Mm. because you could kind of see what Eddie had tried to do to cover it, but they just, they just went with it and left it as that. And Mm. it's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? The, The worst thing I think a wrestler can do is, try and repeat the spot right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like drawing attention to mistakes is, is not a good idea in, in any field of work. Like if I do an edit for somebody, I don't go, here it is. I made three fuck ups in it. Uh, and the sounds <laughs> out of sync. Um, you just, yeah, it, you, you present, you present things as they are. And like wrestling, like particularly this type of match, this type of brawl, it's supposed to be a fight. It's supposed to be rough around the edges. Like mm. this is not meant to be a dragon gate, six man main event. Like, uh, as, uh, as much as Eddie might fly around a bit, like the, he's a, he's an angry man fighting the guy who gave his mother a heart attack and has been extremely mean about his countrymen. 
so it's fine that it's like it's not it's not perfect it's not like at this perfectly fitting jigsaw it's supposed to be a bit hairy if you like one one of the things that um i noticed that comparing it to today's product in wwe hmm. is when eddie was trash talking jbl and it was natural it yeah. wasn't Hey, I've seen this before, and I am going to get you. Yeah, yeah. Through a match, I noticed that on uh, on the promos on the TV, and I actually wrote Eddie's not a great promo yet because, like, it's all over the place, and you can see where they've edited it on SmackDown. Um, but it's it's more authentic because it's coming from him and not from a writer. And, and mm. again, like, it doesn't matter if it's messy. You know, you're not going to be coherent. If you're yelling at this guy, like they have to bleep him saying shit on SmackDown because it just slips out. <laughs> um, uh, so what happens? Uh, Eddie tries three amigos, but he only has two friends tonight uh, before Bradshaw gets a knee and a boot in. Um, and can I just say, I, I, I personally hate the three amigos. Yes, you've just become my best friend. I also hate the three amigos, and I also hate that every Latin wrestler now has to do it. Yeah, leave it alone. I also always thought he went the wrong way. Like he's yes. he doesn't he should be lifting the head, not lifting the arm to pull the guy yeah. over. Yeah. Good. I'm it's, not right. I'm not just an idiot fan in a chair. I was right. No, I, I just I, don't, I just don't understand it. It's it's the same with the role in Germans. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not a fan of that. Hmm. Yeah, it's personal preference, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Eddie gets out of a powerbomb uh, and they do one of the most organic ref bumps I've seen in ages. I was going to make a point on that. Yeah. So Eddie just turns to run the ropes and the referee just happens to step in his path and get run over. Where it goes wrong is the ref is then down for about 10 minutes (laughs) after just being like lightly brushed. Um, But like the way it's set up. It was so simple. Mm. And that's why it worked. Mm. You you notice the, the commentary actually tried to explain why the ref's down for so long by saying how how hard Eddie was going to run the ropes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of explaining it. I t- like it's Michael Cole on commentary though, and I have a, like I kind of tuned him out. I've got so used to like he didn't get good until like at least 2018, and like you know we all lived through the Michael Cole heel play by play guy era. Um, yeah, so I like I I still struggle with him a lot. He was insufferable on some of the Smackdowns I watched, like. His register is too high. He's too excited about nothing. It's been a wild night on SmackDown. Nothing's happened. You've had three interviews and a video package. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> um, Mark, did you have something to say about this? I'm conscious that, like, oh, much like when we talked to Sarah last week, we're just, me and the guests are just sort of barreling ahead. And I'm, I'm happy, again, sitting okay. back. Um, <laughs> but what I'll say is, like, the ref bump just completely stood out just as you said it felt organic it felt natural and it it's one of those where it's like you you get so used to ref bumps that uh and especially uh it's just seeing a good ref bump and a, just a really natural one but the other thing that i appreciate about earlier on in this match is they really treated the referee with a lot of respect so when they're brawling on the outside they're constantly Eddie and then JBL, they're constantly rolling back in to break the count. Mm. They're doing their best to not make the referee look like an idiot. Mm. And that's yep. kind of a little bit of a lost art these days. 
Uh, I'm going to put a point in here before we carry on that the referee is Brian Hebner. Uh, this is important because there's going to be more than one referee coming up very soon. Uh, and now we get to sort of the, the crux of the match. Uh, Eddie hurls JBL over the commentary desk right into Cole's seat. Unfortunately, he got out of the way in time. And then here it comes. Bradshaw comes up with a chair and he smashes Guerrero unprotected right on the head with it. Like, it's horrible. He doesn't get a hand up, nothing. Um, and... You see Eddie sitting up at ringside. They do a replay. Eddie sits up at ringside and blood is pouring out of his head. So, like, I've seen this before. I see it, saw it roughly when it's happened. I think it's on the Eddie Guerrero DVD I've got. No strangers to blood in wrestling, particularly as on this show, this is our third bloodbath in as many weeks. <laughs> but the initial shot of Eddie already covered from his hairline to his waistband and he raises his head and it just flows out. I just sat on the sofa and I went, oh, Jesus, out loud. It was horrifying. So the way they cut this was, so the chair shot hits, Mm. The camera goes to JBL. The camera cuts back. It's literally 10 seconds. So yeah. from 10 seconds from chair shot yeah. to that shot of blood spraying out of it. He's like, how quick? If you told me he did hold a that. full jar of ragu over his head, I would have believed you. But then it just keeps coming. I've, I've only ever bladed once. I was going to ask you about this. Go ahead. I've only ever done it once. Mm. And I did it and I kind of thought, oh, shit, this hasn't done anything. <laughs> so I'm like, I, had, I was on the outside of the rig and then I did it again. And I was like, oh, I don't know if it's worked. And then just like, just blood just dropped on the floor. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's worked. It's worked. Yeah. And the worst thing about it is on the photos from it, it looks fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. And it's very much kind of like, it's something that definitely works live, I think. And it kind of, it works less so, it can work less so on TV because like uh, something I kind of said, um, oh no, it was on an entirely different show. It was on our other show, DD Teach, at DD Teach Pod on Twitter. Um, you go, you go, it's almost like you go from, you are watching wrestling to it is being shown to you with like the, with the camera in the way between you and the action. And I completely understand like, how pe how it can look fake like through a camera um yeah i was going to ask if you'd uh, uh, if you'd uh, been in a match that used blood to this degree and uh, turns out you have <laughs> it wasn't quite to this degree i, yeah. I think uh, I'm, i i think i'd have uh, i'd have been banned from wrestling by my mum if uh, if did, <laughs> if did I you did done. you have to tell her you banged it on the ring post <laughs> <laughs> Was it the Bret Hart excuse? Oh, I just caught it. I was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh but man! My, my oldest brother is the one that does all the the stupid hardcore stuff. Okay. And, uh, yeah, this was the one time that I kind of done it, and yeah, it's not for me. I'm I'm not I, I'm not into the hardcore stuff. Fair enough. Um, uh, I actually that's that's who my character turned on in. In Target, it was Medallion. That's that's my oldest brother. Okay. Um, and I I know what he what he's like, and he doesn't put his hands up on chair shots. Right. So strict instructions before the match. Look, when I swing this chair, put your hands up. So I'm about like an inch from his face, and it's like he's not putting his hands up. <laughs> I like it. I think I think you can you can see the disappointment in my face. <laughs> <laughs> This is your own stupid fault, brother. Bam. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was it was nasty looking, but it wasn't on my part. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, the blood of Eddie Guerrero is just all over the place. There's a massive puddle on the floor where he was sitting. It continues to just run out of him. Um, like they, they go around ringside. So JBL batters him around ringside so all four sides can see what's happening. And it's it's everywhere. And frankly, I think it's unhygienic. He must have like sprayed the crowd, whipping his head back on some of the punches. So uh, JBL hits the clothesline from hell, the big finish. Uh, but the referee is apparently made of porcelain and he's still down. Uh, Charles Robinson uh, runs down the ring. The owner of one of my favorite re- uh, referee sprints of all time from that WrestleMania when he did like, the Usain Bolt dash down the ramp. It's not quite that here. Uh, but he runs down to make the count. Eddie kicks out a two, and the place explodes. You would have thought he'd won. They were so happy that he kicked out. Um, uh, Eddie collapses as JBL goes for a second clothesline from hell, meaning Bradshaw bumps Charles Robinson out of the ring. Uh, and then JBL hits a powerbomb that comically lands Eddie right next to Brian Hebner and wakes him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eddie gets out a two. Again, the crowd goes nuts. Um Bradshaw puts on the sleeper and the blood still won't stop. It's like a river coming off his face and over JBL's forearm. And like, even Taz sounds shocked on commentary. And think of what he saw in ECW. The, the thing the thing for me with the sleep hold, um, it stood out for me that you could see this wasn't uh, JBL as a main eventer yet because mm-hmm. uh, you totally missed the chance for a great visual. Hmm. And he's facing the wrong way. He's not facing the hard cam. Mm. My, my comparison was the Austin Bret Hart sharpshooter when mm. Austin's been mm. and how iconic that shot is. Mm. You could have had the same thing here with Eddie hanging on for his life. Yeah. And yeah, I think a year down the line, I think JBL would have worked it round mm. to, to a better visual. Well, yeah, that's. I, I get picky with with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear you say in one of your videos you have wrestling OCD. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do. Um, um, so, like, if anybody hasn't seen this, like Eddie's entire top half is red. There's puddles around ringside. The mat looks like it's been dragged through a butcher's shop, and like JBL is covered in it too. Um, Eddie hulks up effectively. Uh, which made me laugh because I was amazed that that still worked in 2004. Um, uh, it turns, works. It yeah, always it, works. It always works. Oh, Hulk Hogan is one of my least favourite wrestlers of all time. Like, I am so tired of his shtick, but and it, and it irritates me how much it works. I am as well, but yeah, mm. it's, it, it's everybody wants to see the good guy fight back. Yeah, that, oh, no, 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 absolutely. It's just mm-hmm. that... Yeah, it's the no-selling part that gets me, I think. It means he could do his own dance. <laughs> and if you look at the details in this, so from the chair shot, it was literally all the way up until the sleeper when Eddie counted into a back suplex. Eddie got almost nothing. Like, mm. I don't think he threw a punch. I don't think he got any offense. So it was a desperation uh, counter from the sleeper mm. and then that leads into the the whole cup spot so it's kind of he, uh, the matches you know long periods of one guy's on top and the other guy's just doing nothing but it mm. works and especially yeah. this it's kind of you've built up the crowd he the crowd really wants to see Eddie get his comeback and then it comes and that's why they're popping as much as they are because this is Eddie's big comeback 
Mm. And that's that's the key. The fans, the fans are behind him. So that's where you see how how the whole club works. Mm. People, people are then they're invested in him, and they want him to fight back. So it, as I say, mm. it, it's just so he can do his stupid little dance. But yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so 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 Tatanka is probably a better uh, comparison than Hulk Hogan yeah. in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the spot with Bam Bam when Bam Bam gave him the Inziguri was yes. the best. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we're on the way to the finish here. Uh, Eddie uh, does his Hulk up. Uh, he turns a full away slam into a DDT and heads up to the top. Bradshaw rolls out of the way of the frog splash and chucks a chair into the ring. And while the ref is dealing with that, he produces the belt from behind his back. But Eddie kicks him in the nuts, bangs him over the head with the belt, just as the referee turns around and gets disqualified. Um, initially, not a, um, a popular finish. Uh uh, the crowd is booing as Eddie is pounding on Bradshaw and somebody holds up a big sign that says dud right on the hard cam. <laughs> um, uh, Eddie smacks JBL with the belt again and now Bradshaw's bleeding too. Um, there is blood everywhere. It's just, it's frankly, it's quite a gross scene. It's horrible. <laughs> I would not, I would probably, I'm unlikely to show this to uh, to a non-fan. My, uh, my, my girlfriend watched it with us when I watched it earlier. And uh, it's, she said I was banned from wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what, watching it? Everything. The whole... Yeah, it's just yeah. full stop. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about anybody else, but I was initially kind of let down by the finish. Like it's, this is the second WWE slash WWF match we've covered on this show where the main event of a pay-per-view has ended in a disqualification. However, I thought about it some more and it's like, it's, I know they want to build to the rematch and it's perfect for this audience. Like, yeah, they wanted to see Eddie win, but that was secondary to see him beat up the racist who was responsible for giving his mum a heart attack. And I'm kind of annoyed that it works. One of my notes was saying how it's in one match, you've established JBL as a credible challenger, Mm. not just somebody to, to fit until your next challenger, mm. he he becomes a credible threat to the, the title now. So what I was trying to decide was, would the finish have meant more in the context of Eddie being up the racist who hurt his mum? Would it have worked better without Eddie's blade job if it was just Bradshaw bleeding? Like the hero had got hold of the, the villain and had made him bleed. Or are we? Or is it just a case of like Ed, Eddie's is helping accomplish, as Shady just said, like um, like getting Bradshaw over as the credible challenger in like, try, trying to do two things in one match, essentially. I don't think the match. So in terms of getting Bradshaw over, I don't think the match works anywhere near as well if it doesn't actually have the blade job, because mm-hmm. the whole point is the the blade job is that big memorable visceral thing that you see that you remember Mm. that you associate with jbl but also Mm. it then gives jbl the opportunity to have that really long dominant beat down of eddie Mm. and if you don't have that blade job i don't know if that's realistic that for me this match i mean yes you've got the story that you mentioned and and for the fans it's about eddie getting his revenge and the post match is brilliant for that Mm. but the main goal of this is it's about setting up and building JBL because quite frankly, 
if this match did not build up JBL and JBL was not built credibly, um, WWE and especially SmackDown is in trouble because you think about after this, JBL wins the title and JBL's job is essentially to be credible until he's that first guy that uh, Cena beats. Hmm. So it's kind of, they're kind of building JBL in long term to give him the credibility so that when Cena beats JBL, it feels like something important. So, and, and for me, this was Eddie being a very good professional. You, you can see so many, for me, Eddie's one of those guys where his strength is actually the little things he does between the moves and that. And there's some great examples over his career. And it's just an example of he's helping JBL get into this. He's helping JBL learn what he needs to be, what he needs to work on. So mm. he's climbed up and he's pulling up the next guy behind him. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't have the blade job, it's just another match with another ginger mm. in the in the queue. Yeah. I was gonna say, so the big question I think is. Is this much match still must see without the blood? Like pretend that that JBL chair shot doesn't happen, and then Eddie doesn't get his revenge. Like it's admittedly it's a strong one, I think, but it's just a WWE main event brawl with a mm. TV finish. It's the blood that really makes this, and nobody, I don't think anybody who's seen this will forget it. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So um, I had a, a question for you, Shady. We talked about this mostly from kind of like a fan perspective. From a wrestler's perspective, like what kind of little things are that you talked about some stuff like Bradshaw looked like he wasn't quite ready for the position and that kind of thing. Like what are the things they're they're doing right in here, the tiny things that we might not notice? Well, I think the the tiny things for me is I can probably tell you the things that they were doing wrong better than the things that they were doing. <laughs> Just the, the Eddie is is so crisp and so smooth mm. that you don't realise what he's doing half the time. It Whereas, just comes so naturally to him, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, he was born to do it. Um, the likes of the the beatdown at the start on JBL, I personally would have liked to see JBL at least throw a punch back. Mm. He was just get cut off right away, but he, he literally just gets his ass kicked the whole time Eddie's on top. Mm. He, he kind of... For somebody his size, he shouldn't be chopped down that quickly to mm. then come back. Mm. Um, Even if he doesn't connect, he should just swing, maybe. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to lead to anything. It's, mm. um, the, the thing that a lot of a lot of wrestlers, I say early in the career, uh, they'll often do is dead sell. And you need to have that fire, whether you're a heel or a face. Mm. So that you don't look out of the match. Mm. The Ricky Steamboat rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Take and three, but give one back. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's it, even if you, you're getting picked up, throw throw a little jab in, mm. and they do whatever they're doing. Mm. It, it's just a little tiny thing, and I noticed that when they were going around the ring, that JBL was just letting him drag him round. There was two more things that I put on my notes. One of them was. The when when he went to the fallaway slam and he reversed it to the DDT. Mm. As soon as he catches the fallaway slam, you see Eddie wrap his arm around his head. Yeah. So you knew you knew something was coming because right away I thought 
well, if he hits it, it's this. I've, I've never seen it taken like that before. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's like, yeah, that's where he's going. Mm. Um, the other one was the double down when they were both when they were both selling on the floor and they were both face down. And as I'm halfway through writing my notes, Eddie turns over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, it's it's such a minor detail that a lot of fans won't even notice. Mm. But you, you've you've seen I don't know how many WWE like promo clips where you've got your your wrestler down and his face up, mm. and, and there's a close up of it. Yeah, he's showing the face, and importantly in this match, he's showing the blood to everybody. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, just let's say little things like that, which mm. probably make a difference to anybody. But <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. So I've uh, I have they don't show it these days, but I have trained uh, some people to film wrestling, and the first thing I tell them is faces are the most important. Like yeah. you want to like yeah you can have your you can have your camera wide so you can get the whole move in and that's great but like you want the emotional moments and the character moments as well because that's what people are going to get behind like that's mm. going to what's going to make people remember like if I think of all my favorite shots in things like the desire videos like a lot of it's the close ups of stuff and the reactions and like that's what draws you into characters it, <laughs> and not just in wrestling like just in TV shows and movies and that's why I'm not a very gifable wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> That, as you say, that's the stuff that you notice, and mm. I could do a million moves and just be another face in the in the in the ring. But mm. if you don't have the fans invested in you, which is mm. everything but the moves, mm. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Mm. And it is, it's it's such a minor. Well, it feels like such a minor detail to to people who aren't fully invested into it. But mm. that's it's the little little things that make the big difference. Hmm. So I want to hit on something else before we finish this off. Does the Latino hero beat the big white racist? Of course he doesn't. This is WWE. So while he pins him on house shows, Eddie Guerrero never beat JBL once on TV. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but you can see why Vince loves JBL so much. Like particularly this incarnation of him, it's it's frightening. And like watching like the the build up to it with like the the border patrol stuff, like in a post Trump world, that stuff sends shivers down your spine. It's like it's way too like prophetic, I think. Um, but so Bradshaw wins by DQ here. He teams with the Dudleys to beat Eddie, RVD, and Ray on the next SmackDown. Wins the title in a bull rope match at the Great American Bash in June. Wins the cage match on a July SmackDown. And then Eddie's next televised match is SummerSlam against Kurt Angle. They wouldn't cross paths again until on TV until Armageddon in December in a four-way uh, for JBL's title, which also had Booker T and The Undertaker in it. But after that, uh, they would never have a televised singles match again and, in fact, would team together 18 months later after Eddie had turned heel. <laughs> like, it, like he, never got, he never got his win. Like, Vince went full behind the JBL character. Like, he saw... I mean, it's so easy to say, like, he saw himself. He saw his, he saw his own, like, his creator wrestler, his avatar. Like, this is, this is Vince playing... The WWE 2K. Oh, I'm going to make myself a big guy who clotheslines people and is always a champion and believes in all the things I believe in and makes loads of money. Um, yeah, so that's um, <laughs> that's it. Um, Mark, have you got anything else on this match? I think it's just a fascinating point in time because for me, it's again, we've said it's not 
the match it would be. It wouldn't get on this list if it wasn't for the blood. But it's fascinating to kind of see JBL because I remember him sort of more from uh, the John Cena matches mm. and later on in, say, 2005. And it's interesting to just see a wrestler having to learn that much and build into a character on a massive stage because the state. The Staples Center, this was in the Staples Center, which mm. hosted WrestleMania 21. This mm. was not a small venue. This is, and I mean. Uh, they, uh, so, so saying that, they did get some house show practice. So they did like mm. three or four weeks of like main eventing the house shows beforehand. And, and a lot of them, funnily enough, were JBL being Eddie Guerrero by DQ. So I imagine they kind of worked and shaped this match before they put it on this stage. Yeah. Shady, is there anything else you want to hit uh, that we that we missed? The, the last thing um, was how long the match was and didn't feel like it. So the funny thing you say about that is I, I when I was like doing all the stuff, I had uh, the card up on Wikipedia and there's a mistake on Wikipedia that says this match is 53 minutes long. And I thought, <laughs> fuck that. I'm not, I don't want to watch that. I'm not watching John Layfield for 53 minutes. Thankfully, it's 23 minutes, which is a bit more palatable. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was an easy watch for tw- like for twenty three minutes. Mm, speeds by, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. Uh, Shady, thank you so much for coming to chat today. This has been a load of fun. Um, <laughs> now's the time to get all your socials and projects out there. All my socials, you'll you'll find us uh, at Shady Natris on Twitter, uh, facebookcom forward slash Shady Natris, and Shady Natris on YouTube. And there, they're my big ones. And any links to anything else you'll find there. Awesome. Thank you again. Uh, as for us, you can follow this show at Must See Matches on Twitter and hit up linktr.ee slash matches for the full list of matches, uh, subscription links, and much more. Mark and I have another monthly podcast called DD Teach, where we talk about Japan's DDT Pro Wrestling. You can follow that and find the latest episode where we talk about the recent Cyberfight Festival at DD Teach Pod on Twitter. I am at Kieran Edits on Twitter, and Mark is... Uh, monkey underscore buckles nailed it uh next week our first under the radar oddity i guess uh dylan fox of eastern lariat will be dropping by to explain what daisuke ikeda versus yuki ishikawa from futen's bati bati one show on april 24th 2005 is all about so that should be fun uh thank you very much for listening and goodbye goodbye